All right. Very good. Well, we are off and running on today's Mother's Day message. It's been a busy week. Um, You know, there's been a couple things that have happened this week. Of course, we're dealing with Mother's Day. And by the way, teenagers, kids, y'all can be dismissed to go on in to the back. If you'd like to be a part of that, go on back. Even if you wouldn't, I'm telling you, you ought to go on back there and be a part of that. It'll be a blessing to you and you will enjoy that much more than just sitting here listening to me. And parents, I've seen you. You can't go anywhere. All right. You can't say that you're still a teenager. All right. Let's go to our next slide and you will see did you guys know that May the 4th is a thing? May the 4th be with you. Any of y'all Star Wars nerds in here? A few of you guys are like, live long and prosper, just like Star Trek. Yeah, May 4th happened this week, and so may the 4th be with you. That's a big deal for one of my particularly nerdy daughters, uh, Tori. She loves May the 4th. She loves this kind of thing right here. Did you also know that Cinco de Mayo was also this week, the very next day? Now, I have a theory that if margaritas and Mexican food were not involved, there would be fewer Americans excited about Cinco de Mayo. It's just a working theory that I'm working through, Um, but I think there were some people that were ready to celebrate Cinco de Mayo that were not necessarily of Mexican heritage. I don't know what it's all about, but I have a working theory, right? Okay, so yes, Cinco de Mayo happened, May the 4th, and then today, of course, we have Mother's Day. And uh, I'm excited to share with you guys about God's Word and what we just read through with Eric. Yes, it is a longer passage, but the truth is, is that those are the very things that actually can change our life, the power of God's Word, not mine. So as we celebrate today on Mother's Day, we're going to be going through some of the things that we can see in this passage of Scripture. And I know that my time is short, so I'm going to be moving quickly. If I move quickly, can y'all hear quickly, right? Can y'all listen quickly? All right, very good. Let's go to our next slide. Let's check this out. Here's what motherhood means. You can be a traditional mom, a mom that actually gave birth. You can be a stepmom. You can be a mother-in-law. You can be an aunt or an auntie. Um, You guys, uh, I know from Oklahoma, we just call them aunts and aunties, but mainly just aunts, right? But no, not the kind that bite you and have big mounds of dirt in your lawn. The aunts and aunties. Any of y'all have a culture where aunts and aunties are are a big deal? Anybody? All right, a few of you guys. Y'all know what I'm talking about. And then, I hope you don't take this bad, but there are grands and grannies. Uh, Now, I don't know if grannies is the right word to use there. Hopefully, we can still be friends. But you know what I'm talking about. Your grandchildren. Um, I've heard that grandchildren are God's reward for not killing your own children when they are young. And I think there's a lot of wisdom in that. You can also be an adoptive mom, legal and otherwise. And what I wanted to share with you is that sometimes, you know, you're, uh, you've got a piece of paper that says you legally adopted somebody. But there are a lot of parents who are parents and parental figures and moms to kids and young people who basically they say, you're like a dad to me, or like a father to me, like a mother to me, like a mom to me. These are not legal agreements, but they look at you in that way, and they see you as a source of wisdom and as a source of pointing them towards the right path, which I personally believe always ought to include the Lord. And so this is what motherhood means. And I want to just say at the very beginning that I know that not all mothers were great mothers. I don't want to pretend that that is true. And if you have a a mother who wasn't necessarily a really good mom, the good news is, is that 
you always have the opportunity to change the script that you were handed. That is the power of God in your life. No matter what you have been told, no matter who has given you the role model that you see as what a mom is supposed to look like or do, you can always make that change because the power of God enables us to live the life that he has called us to live. Can I get an amen, right? And so because of that, we can always move into a better direction and be better than we thought we could be. Now, let me just share with you a little bit of the passage of Scripture that we just read from 1 Samuel chapter 1. It is the story of Samuel, and Samuel is a very, very important figure in the Old Testament. Let's go to our next slide, and you can kind of... You know what? I just want to skip all of those because I just don't, simply don't have a lot of time, but I had a lot of cards and stuff that I was going to share with you. Oh, yeah, they were, they were funny. Go to the next one. You know what? Go back to the... the, the, the the blender one. Great moms turn off the mixer for, yeah. Good moms let their kids lick the beaters and great moms turn off the blender first, right? So just know that there are levels to this game, right? Happy Mother's Day. All right. We're skipping all the way to this something to learn. All right. Very good. (laughs) I, I just, I have more than I need to cover every single Sunday. I promise I do. All right. Something to learn is that this story that Eric read just a few moments ago, it takes place at the period of the judges that's ending. And so you, you know how you look at the Old Testament and you say, um, Joshua, Judges, Ruth, First and Second Samuel. Well, that name, First Samuel, Second Samuel, is the story of Samuel and his life. He is known as the last judge of Israel. He is the transitional figure between the period of the time of Judges where God would raise someone for a certain and specific purpose and then they would pass off the scene and then everything would continue until there was an, an emergency, a national crisis and then they would raise, he would raise up another person and they would take control and they would be the judge. There were even some women that were judges in that time which was an incredibly sexist culture. And we're going to talk about that in a minute as well. But just understand and grasp that basically Samuel is that bridge from the period of the judges to the period of the monarchy. As a matter of fact, he is approached and and God says, go ahead and anoint them a king. And he does that very thing. He anoints the first two kings of Israel, Saul and David. And so he's a very important figure as you look at the Old Testament. But let's go to our next slide. And this is also something to learn. And I want to share with you, as you heard the passages of Scripture that Eric read just a few moments ago, I want you to understand, I'm not saying that this is how it should be. I don't even believe that this is what the Bible is teaching us. It's not saying this is what it should be or shouldn't be. It just is what it was at that moment. You guys all right? You all understand what I'm saying? The truth is, is that multiple wives was the norm. And I want you to be very clear. There were a lot of wives that died in childbirth at that time. We, we forget that even up to the early 1900s, there were multiple, multiple things that could cause a woman to lose her life in childbirth. You probably even know of a great-grandmother or a grandmother who died in childbirth just simply because that was the common occurrence. And the idea of a, of a man taking care of a child and raising a child on his own, it was deep, deep water that he didn't have a clue on. And even though he could go on the internet and search it, no, <laughs> you see what I'm saying? All right, y'all are paying attention. You had no idea how to raise a child. 
back in those days when you were a, a person uh, who was a man and left with children, having more than one wife was a very, very important thing. But I also want you to notice something else. Barrenness was seen as a curse of God, but it was always pushed on the woman. And I'm going to stop and let that sink in for just a second. All right, we got the kids out of here, right? We all know that a lot of the time when a, a couple can't have children, about half the time it's the, woman, uh, the woman's issue and about half the time it's the man's issue. But back in the Old Testament, even if it was the man's issue, it was always the woman's fault. You guys see what I'm saying? And now, I'm not saying this is good. I'm saying this is what was. This is what was at that time. And so as we look at it, we grasp some things and we can learn some lessons from this as we move forward and apply this stuff to our lives. And then thirdly, child rearing was to be a woman's job. Men were rarely involved early. And this kind of comes back to what I was saying, that men were not involved early. They would sometimes get involved late, teaching them a trade, teaching them things to learn. But ultimately, most of the time, a child's rearing fell to a mother rather than a father. This is not necessarily shocking. Even into the 1950s and 60s, this is how it was done, even in some of your own households as you were raised when you were young, right? Okay, ladies, am I still your friend? Can I get an amen, ladies? Are y'all, am I still your friend? I'm just telling you what it was. I'm not saying this is how it was, you know, supposed to be. I'm also not telling you that this is how it is at my house, just for my own street cred, I want you to know that I actually know my way around a kitchen, really know my way around a grill. Not that the food is good, but I just literally know my way around it as needed. So I'm trying, I'm trying, right? Okay, so as we look at this parenting thing, as we look at this child that was not and then came to be as a child of promise and as a miracle child from the Lord, there's some things that we can pull down from this about motherhood. And I think that you'll go away hopefully encouraged, but definitely reminded of the honor and the privilege and the incredible responsibility that it is to be a mom. Let's go forward. Okay. Yes, and by the way, <laughs> do any of you guys know who this guy is? Captain Debonair. I mean, if I could just dance like this dude, Shelly would be the happiest woman on earth. I'm telling you, she wants to go dancing with me, and I'm like, babe, <laughs> no, it ain't going to work. We just can't do that, right? She wants me to dance with her. If I could be like Fred Astaire, she would be the happiest woman on earth. How many of you have ever heard of Fred Astaire before? Yes, absolutely. Captain Debonair. Mr. Fred Astaire, they literally even have a, a, a dance academy to teach people how to dance, and it's called the Fred Astaire Dance Academy. This is old school Hollywood, back when the glamour was there. But they asked Ginger Rogers, who was always his partner, what she thought about how good Fred Astaire was as a dancer, and she had something to say that I just love. Here's what she said. I do everything that the man does, only I do it backwards and I do it in high heels. Ladies, I thought I'd get an amen for sure on that. Come on. We have a different standard for you than we have for men. A a husband who pays just a little bit of attention to his kids is considered a good dad. And you have to do tons as a mom to be considered a decent mom. That's not fair. That's just the way that it still is. Do you guys see what I'm saying? I'm trying to call this out to the men to realize that we need to honor the wives that make us look good. 
the wives that help us, the wives that literally pour themselves into their children when they don't have any left for themselves anymore. They give to their kids before they give to themselves. They give to their children and they give to their husbands more than they give for themselves. And they do it all. And then they do it all with the expectation that that's what she's supposed to do because she's a mom. She's doing everything that you're doing in a lot of cases, but she's doing it in high heels and doing it backwards. That's why you ought to be saying a lot more than you are how much you appreciate your wife, how much you appreciate your mom. Now, I'm sharing this not so I can be politically correct or anything like that, but you are probably, a lot, a lot of you are probably like me. My wife works a full-time job, and then she's still expected to do all of the things around the house that are falling to the moms. And so I just want to share with you, a lot of the time, moms are doing just as much, if not more, than the husbands are out in the workplace, and then on top of that, doing more of the responsibilities at home. I would encourage you and I'd challenge you men, if you really want to serve God with your life, roll up your sleeves and serve your wife. Because he is the one who gave her to you and she is the one who is doing things in your family and in the life that you have, that you share, that you're taking for granted. Don't do it. Don't take it for granted. Serve that lady who is serving your family constantly and be a blessing to her. And that is an act of worship to God, I'm telling you it is. Now, I figured I'd get an amen from a lady in the midst of that, amen? All right. Okay, I'm going to keep going here and move on. But I'm going to go to the big idea. Motherhood is a great honor because it is a great honor. Ladies, honor it as God's calling and approach it and tackle it and view it as something that you need to do with God's help. You guys with me? So motherhood is a great honor. Honor it as God's calling and with God's help. Now let's say it together, men and ladies together, all right? all on. You know what? No, men, you're not invited to this. You're not invited to this. I just want to hear the ladies, because have you all noticed the ladies' voices sound so good when they're together and they're not polluted by the men's deep bass voices, right? So ladies, just you today, on the count of three, Ready? One, two, three. Motherhood is a great honor. Amen. All right, let's go to our next slide. Some motherhood rules. And I want you to know the motherhood rules. Motherhood rules, right? Ladies, it's the best thing that you can do. It is the thing that pays you forever and into eternity. It is an incredible opportunity. It is an incredible honor. Motherhood rules. But here are a few things that you can take away as motherhood rules. First of all, recognize that motherhood fulfills a need that success in other parts of your life does not fulfill. I want you to grasp something that you didn't really hear because you probably didn't know it. But as you read 1 Samuel chapter 1, you heard that there was a bull that was sacrificed. I think it was mentioned twice. And in the process of knowing what that means, that means that the, the man Elkanah was probably a very, very good provider for his family. The Lord had a tiered system where bulls were the highest level of offering that you could give. And then they went down, and you see even down at the very bottom, two turtle doves or two pigeons could be sacrificed as an offering to the Lord whenever you had a child. But if you were wealthy and well-off enough, you would sacrifice a bull. And so here, this woman, 
This woman is seeking to find a child, even though she's already successful in a lot of other ways. Her husband loves her in incredibly and deep ways, more than even the other wife that he, that he has. He honors her above others. He gives her extra portions of the things that she needs, but she still has a need that is still there in her heart and not satisfied. I want us to go to 1 Samuel chapter 6, verse 8, and read these passages of Scripture together. Because the Lord had closed Hannah's womb, her rival kept provoking her in order to irritate her. This went on year after year. And whenever Hannah went up to the house of the Lord, her rival provoked her until she wept and would not eat. Her husband Elkanah would say to her, Hannah, why are you weeping? Why don't you eat? Why are you downhearted? Don't I mean more to you than ten sons? Guys, I got bad news. The answer is no, you don't. It's just different. It's apples and oranges. A great husband is a true gift from God. There's no doubt about it. But the child that she bears or the child that she raises, the child that she pours herself into, touches a part of her soul that does not get touched simply through a great relationship with her husband. Ladies, so men, I'm here to tell you, I'm, pre- I'm preaching to you men today as well as to you ladies. And you know what? I love that door, but it's lost its hydraulic. And every time it slams, I think somebody's mad at me about what I just said. Hey, Chris, do you mind opening that door and sticking the thing down so it won't just, it just leave it open? I mean, whoever's in the hallway needs to be hearing my voice anyway. Kidding. So as we look at this and we grasp this, we understand that husbands, don't ever think to yourself, I can make up for this thing with her child. No, it's just different. It's apples and oranges. What you have to do is say, I as a husband am going to help her to be the very best mama that she can be. And ladies, how, how about an amen? If you have a husband who helps you to be a great mama, don't you love him even more than you thought you could before? Amen, right? I mean, that's what you want. Because you don't just want a good relationship with him. You also want your child and you want your child to thrive. And you want all of those things that don't come about just because of a great relationship. Now, I want to be very careful here and very clear that it doesn't mean that you have to have children or give birth to children for you to have a special relationship. But that mentoring role, that pouring, that nurturing that you do is something that only that relationship touches in that part of your soul. Don't take it for granted. And if you don't yet have that, and you don't necessarily think that you'll be a part of, of, of having children on your own, then find a young lady, find a young man and pour into their life and be a blessing to them because it will awaken something within you that God put there as a part of you as a woman. Let's go to our next slide. Very quickly, motherhood rules number two. Have patience with yourself and your kids. Stay on the path that you know to be right, not how you feel in that moment. Let's go to our next slide. (laughs) I love this picture. This is a mom blog, and I don't know what she's doing with her children, but I don't think she's nailing it, right? I mean, look at that child. Does that child look happy? Does that mom look happy? No, no. She's, she's, She's out there, but she's not doing it just right, right? So here's what I would share with you, ladies. 
Can I just tell you, you can search after the latest and the greatest and the most recent thing, but here is what will never change. I am older. I realize how my parents raised me, and I'm here to tell you that ultimately they raised me according to the scriptures, and I look around and I would not trade my raising for anything. And some of you can say amen to that because you know how you were raised according to the scriptures, not according to Dr. Spock or Sigmund Freud or any of that crazy stuff. And you just kind of said, no, 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 we're not going to follow the latest. We're going to instead pour ourselves into doing it the right way, God's way. And it has made a tremendous difference and a tremendous blessing. Get on God's path and on his plan and keep going down that road with all of your heart. Can I just say one other quick thing? My kids are 26, 25, and 21. And the best and most important thing I've ever done is be a good parent. Now, I've pastored this church since the beginning of this church, but the most important thing I've done is to be a good dad. It is the same for you. You will be able to look back on your life with pride if you raise your children the right way. Now listen. Listen to what I said and what I didn't say. If you raise your children the right way. I didn't say if your children turn out great. Because sometimes you can raise your children the right way and they make the wrong choice. But you should be able to look in the mirror and say, you know what? I know I did my very best. Wasn't perfect, but I did my very best. And God can make up for all that I did not do. And God is still at work in the life of my child. Ladies, keep with it. Don't give up. I got a confession to make. I left my notes somewhere. So let's just keep moving and see what happens. How about that? I wanted to talk about this. Let's go to our next slide. Um, I wanted to talk about in her deep anguish, Hannah was praying to the Lord, weeping bitterly. She made a vow and she said, Lord Almighty, if you will only look at your servant's misery and remember me, not forget your servant, but give her a son, then I will give him to the Lord all of the days of his life and no razor will ever be used on his head. Man, thank you. Bad news, sermon just got longer. I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Here's what I would say. The truth of the matter is, is that for most, we make vows to the Lord that we do not fulfill once he has done his part. Hello? Hello? Is this on? Lord, I'll be a great mama. Just give me a son. I'll raise him the right way. And then... It got hard, and you gave up. He did his part. You didn't fulfill the vow that you gave to him. I I think for most of us, we need to be very, very careful about the, the vows that we made to God. And can I just go a little deeper? How many of y'all have ever made a vow that you didn't speak, but it was just as clear in your head what you promised that you'd be, who you promised you would be like, what you promised to instill if the Lord blessed you with children. And the question I got to ask is, are you? Are you living up to that vow? Fathers, are you living up to that vow? That thing that you hope that you would be and become as a parent, as a mom? Do your very best 
to fulfill that vow. I love that God fulfills the vow that she gives to him. She says, if you'll give him to me, I'll give him back to you. I want to jump all the way down to the motherhood rules number 27, if you don't mind. Honor that vow that you made as a mom. I want to go to our next slide very quickly. So in the course of time, Hannah became pregnant, gave birth to a son. She named him Samuel. Samuel sounds like heard by God, saying, because I asked the Lord for him. So when her husband Elkanah went up with his family to offer the annual sacrifice and to fulfill his vow, go to the next slide here, Hannah didn't go. Now stop. Elkanah thinks she's got a child. She's not going to go to honor the Lord. But Hannah says, no, 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 I'm going to, but I need to do this first. And then when I do this, I'm going to do it all the way. She says her, to her husband, after the boy is weaned, I'm going to take him, I'm going to present him to the Lord, and he will live there always. Do what seems best to you, her husband Elkanah told her. Stay here until you've weaned him, only make, may the Lord make good his word. In other words, if you vowed it, make sure it gets done. So the woman stayed home and nursed him until she had weaned him. And then guess what she did? She took the son and gave him to the Lord and said, for the rest of his days, he's going to live here in this temple and he's going to be a servant and a gift to God. Did she make good on her vow? She did. Can I show you something else? I want to go to motherhood rules number four. And this is that God honors and will reward every single sacrifice that you make as a mom that's now and in the future. Now, you may not know the rest of the story, but if you flip over one chapter in 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 20 and 21, can I share this with you very quickly? It says these words. Eli would bless Elkanah and his wife, saying, May the Lord give you children by this woman to take the place of the one, Samuel, that you prayed for and gave to the Lord. And then they'd go home. And after a few years, this kept happening. And the Lord was gracious to Hannah, and she gave birth to three sons and two daughters. Meanwhile, Samuel grew up in the presence of the Lord. If you give to the Lord when it comes to your children, he will bless you in incredible and amazing ways. She asked for one son. She got three sons plus the one plus two extra daughters. The woman who was barren suddenly having kids like she's Catholic. Can I get an amen, right? I mean, she's going crazy. Five children on top of the one she gave away. And this is what I always say. You can never outgive God. He sees and rewards every single thing that you do as a mom and as a parent. Don't forget that whatever you give to God, he will bless you and be rewarding those things in your life. All right. I've come to the end and I've tried to do so quickly because we took some time to honor our moms. But I want to share something with you very quickly. I want to apply this to our men and I want to apply this to our moms. Will you all let me do that? And then we'll share a movie. Let's go. Okay, so here's how you apply this. Men, push your wives. And I'm not saying, hey, are you doing the right thing? Shouldn't you do this with the kid? No, 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 no. No, don't do that. Don't do that. But push them with your kindness and your words. You know what? I'm proud of you as a mom. You're a great mom. You do the things that I wish that every mom would do. I'm so proud of you as a mother. Those kids are lucky to have you as a mom. You push them by recognizing every positive thing that they are doing in the area of motherhood. 
Don't say a word about what you wish they do instead. Just give them more and more and more encouragement. And the amazing thing is, is that most ladies will work themselves to the bone on just a little tiny bit of praise, but they hardly ever get it. So push your wife with the praise that you give her. Protect her from your children when that is necessary and from everyone else at all times. And then you praise her constantly by the things that she's doing. This is what me, we as men and myself, I need to be doing. She's my mom. She's the mom of my kids. This is my job as her man, as her son, as her man. For the ladies, keep on going on God's path. It is making a difference, and it will be your great joy. Do you see it? It is making a difference now, even if you don't see it. Even if you don't see it, God is working. Amen? And so in your, ch- in your child's life, in the person that you are pouring into, do not miss this. It is making a difference, and it will be your greatest joy later. But you have to pay the dividends now. Sow the seeds and watch God produce the harvest. So your great joy for now and your blessings still yet to come. I'm going to end with this video. I think this will be a blessing to you. Let's check it out. I'm a perfectionist, and so that's hard with kids. There's definitely days when I have my doubts about my abilities. I struggle with my temper. I struggle with like how I react with situations. I wish I knew how to, I guess, just calm myself before speaking to them. I wish I was better at taking time to sit down and just listen more to my child. I wish I was more confident in being a mom. I'm not the most patient person in the world. Patience. Patience is far and away probably the biggest struggle. I just want them to know just how much I love them. to snuggle with pretty funny she does cook a lot of food for me she's just unique that's why i love her so much we go on dates together like we go shopping she loves me a lot i have a lot of favorite things about my mom we like to watch movies together and color and stuff We go to church together, we volunteer together. She is like my heart, I guess you could say, because she's that close to me. My favorite thing is to jump on a trampoline with my mom. That's my most favorite thing to go up high. We like get ice cream or something, and like you go to the nail salon and have fun. (laughs) My mommy's my hero. She's pretty and beautiful. She is my hero. 
she just will care about me and just always love me forever. She's the best. <laughs> That's so awesome. <laughs> I always seem to focus mostly on the negative and I guess I can walk out of here and say that I'm doing something great and that my child is viewing me in totally different lenses as I view myself. So that's, that's inspiring. This is my calling. This is my job. This is what I love to do and I will do it better and with love each and every day because those kids count on me and they love me for what I'm doing. So right before we begin to sing our final song, what I'd like for you to do is for everybody to just take a moment and bow your head. And I would ask the moms to stand. Moms, would you guys stand? What you are doing matters. The life you choose to live the life that you are pouring into those around you matters. The rest of us are not great at saying thank you for what you've done. We don't do a great job with that. But that's not your fault. And don't allow the enemy to take that and use that as a way of keeping you from doing the most important thing that you can do. And that is pouring your life into the children that God has given you, the, the, the nieces and the nephews, the grandchildren that God has blessed you with. And I just want to say a quick prayer over you. Dear Lord, may every woman here know that she is a gift. May every woman know that she is making a difference and making an eternal impact. And may every woman know that it is not important for her to be perfect, but it is important for her to be present. And may she give her life to the highest calling that you have given to any man or any woman that is to be a parent and to pour a life into the lives that you have blessed us to be involved with. May each mom leave this place encouraged, knowing that it is your goodness, your mercy, and your love that is going to make up for everything that she lacks and is already multiplying and working on her behalf in the lives that she is touching. And now may I say to you, may God bless you and keep you and may God make his face shine down upon you. And may God on this Mother's Day give you peace. Peace.